talking to Paula Masters um, is always a treat because anytime I'm able to get some time with him, I always seem to get the inside scoop as to what's happening in death care. He's one of those guys that's like on the front line um, of all the changes and all the different moving pieces of death care. Uh, I remember sometime during COVID, I remember talking to him about all the rumblings about the FTC possibly making some changes to the funeral rule. Luckily, Paul, as always, was one of those guys that not only knew what was going on, but was actually being called upon as a representative to actually speak with the FTC directly in Washington, D.C. So instead of him telling me just on this phone call, I wanted to get Paul on a webinar so he can give us as close to the official updates as to what's going on, what the proposed amendments are, and what changes we can expect from the FTC in this next year. So what you're about to listen to is the audio of that recording. I hope you enjoy it. Well, thank you everyone for joining. Um, I'd like to first welcome you all to uh, the Direct Commission podcast webinar titled uh, Get Ahead of the FTC's Upcoming Funeral Rule Amendments with none other than uh, Paula Masters, funeral director, philanthropist, and more importantly, death care lawyer. Uh, <laughs> I am your host, uh, Tyler Yamasaki, yeah, CEO of Parting Pro, the number one cremation arranger. And I'm joined by my co-host, Will DeMichaelis, former manager of the Omega Society and funeral home consultant. Hey, everybody. Hey. Um, so yeah, today we're privileged to be joined by Paula Masters, um, who has kind of been really instrumental, I think, in helping shape what the FTC amendments are going to be proposed. Um, and so I think what we'll talk about today is just what your experience has been like so far, Paul, what you think is coming down the pipeline and, and how that might affect us going forward in death care. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been uh, a it's it's been a journey and, you know, we still have a journey ahead of us. And I do want to be clear. I, I appreciate your uh, your nod that I'll be instrumental in the uh, what comes out. I do not want to be responsible for what ultimately <laughs> comes out. I'll take full responsibility for what we suggested, though. Uh, yes. <laughs> if it works out great, I, I no. It's uh you know we we are at the um, you know we're at the hands of the FTC. They get to decide whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think well, maybe we'll start there is, yeah. you know, I think a lot of us here today are probably wondering why did the FTC go ahead and try to fix something or amend something that, you know, some might say is not even broken, you know, why the overreach? Why now? Yeah, it, it, it is a great question. Um, you know, for years. So historically, every 10 years, every FTC rule is uh, has to be up for review. It's it's a process. So it doesn't matter what it is, the funeral rule, the airline rule, the there's an optical eyeglass rule, there's thousands of rules. And every 10 years, they go, hey, we need to look at it again. And a lot of times it's a rubber stamp. Yep, everything's fine, move on. Um, and for, the, for many years, that's what's gone on with the funeral rule. Um, call it a perfect storm, maybe, uh, this time it came up for review. Uh, a few things happened, one, um, you had a very, try not to become political, uh, you had a very um, liberal, open arms kind of evolving FTC commission. There are five people on the FTC commission. Uh, during this time period, it was three Democrats, two Republicans. And um, it was the FTC commission 
has uh as if you never pay attention um probably for the first time people are hearing things out of the FTC like never before all sorts mm-hmm. of new rules proposed everything so so you mm-hmm. had a new makeup of of the commission that was one <clears throat> the other thing um is the consumer groups they've always been loud um and but they have been remarkably loud and joined and pushing for this update you know with you, you know new things going on uh, news has been grabbing a hold so you, it was kind of the everything happening within consumers consumer groups and then this third thing happened this Damiano lawsuit which ironically <clears throat> was being pushed by many of the associations so Damiano that was the heritage legacy online cremation provider and um they were kind of a bad actor working in a lot of different states uh, without a license and nobody could really put a stop to them. And for years, again, associations have been telling the FTC, you need to go after them. You need to go after them. You need, well, they did uh, right at the same time that this happened. And then they kind of didn't shut them down, but they made them do a lot of new things. But I think among that there's others, but those are the three main things where we hit this wall and they basically said enough's enough. Let's update the rule. We need to do it. What was really interesting, and the last thing, and I'm rambling, but uh, what was really unique is every 10 years when a rule opens, normally it's a very procedural thing. Boom, mm-hmm. it's open, it starts. <clears throat> when this one opened, the several of the commissioners actually wrote open letters basically stating uh, of all the rules, this rule needs to be updated. It's, you know, behind the times, you know, I yeah. had a parent who died and we had trouble. So it, again, it was just this snowball of everything happening, right time, right mm-hmm. place, right people. Not great for us, but, and it's not a bad thing. And I don't want to come out and say, oh, FTC and funeral rules, the worst thing ever. I'm not saying that, but as you said, Tyler, it was working. Yeah. And, and, and there's, there were other ways this could have been done in my opinion, but. Well, let's, let's start there. Let's go back a little bit. What, what's been done so far? I know that you've been a part of at least a few meetings over the course of time regarding this, uh, to set the stage for the results, bring us through, what those meetings included and how they progressed and what was prioritized. Yeah. So, you know, you really, so what's really interesting about this, you actually to, to the full picture, this all started in this review uh, right before COVID. Mm -hmm. So it was right before quarantine, everything got shut down. Um, I, I, the only reason I remember is I had actually just become general counsel uh, somewhat recently uh, with ICCFA. And, you know, so we're getting ready for all these things, including, you know, our annual conference. And then all of a sudden the FTC comes out. Then all of a sudden you start hearing things about COVID. Next thing you know, we're things you never thought about. We're like, hey, we may have to cancel our conference. And so everything was hitting at once. And I, I only mentioned this because we actually, we, uh, ICCFA at the time, Scott Gilligan was at NFDA. We actually talked and we went to um, 
FTC and said, look, we need 90 days. We need them extra time because comments, the initial round of comments were due. And we said, we're in the middle of a quarantine. We can't get funeral providers to stop and, you know, write down their thoughts on this. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're handling tens of thousands of funerals and, and they did, and they gave us time, but that's when this all started. And then exactly. since then we've had a second round of comments um, we've had meetings, uh, I won't say off the record, but in person and also virtually. And then, um, how many of those do you think from 2020, from 2020 till now? I mean, yeah. we've met with them no less than at, at least twice a year. Okay. So um, that's at least half a dozen. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. And then, you know, if, you know, kind of fast forward, probably the, the, the biggest things that have happened is the FTC uh, not long ago uh, decided they were going to hold a workshop. Um, but actually, I, I do need to back up uh, because there was actually a couple meaningful events that happened. So basically how it worked is we file our first set of comments and then it goes silent once again. And there were people that thought, hey, maybe this thing will just kind of nothing will happen. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but it, that isn't what happened. Um, and then in 20 and towards, uh, 22 November ish, I, I believe is the right date end of November or end of 2022, uh, they announced that they were going to have, um, a second round of comments and, and they limited it. They said, we've, we've gone through all the first set of comments. We heard you. We are now down to 17 topics. These are the 17 things that we are really concerned about. Um, and, you know, so we had another 60 days to, to file comments. At that point, we actually were able to do something that was pretty historic. Um, if, if you know anything about death care, there's a few things that I, I think we all know. Uh, funerals and seven, funeral homes and cemeteries typically don't sit around a circle, hold hands and, and sing, you know, campfire songs. And uh, various associations also don't sit around the campfire, hold hands, and corporate and independents don't sit around and hold hands and sing songs. Um, I decided that we should try to get all of those people together at a meeting. Um, and and we did. We pulled it off. We had a, a meeting among all of the associations in death care, some of the largest providers and some of the largest independent owners. And um and the idea was not to go and say, what are we, uh, what, what are we going to do? It was more of a, the intent of the meeting, which one I never even thought we would have, but once everybody said, yeah, I'll be there. The idea was let's find out what we don't agree on. That was it. Cause I figured if there's 17 items, maybe 10 of them we could agree on. And then if we right. file our comments as a collective group, that's more powerful voice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When we left that meeting, we actually found common ground on all 17 items. Wow. It was unbelievable. Wow. I, I was like, we actually, in that meeting, were able to, almost, well, we were not able to, we actually decided on a proposed rewrite of the funeral rule. And we submitted it. It's public record. You can go see it. All the associations said we would accept this. Um, so that was probably... Uh, that was, uh, to me, a huge step. And then yeah. it kind of went quiet again. And then and then if I can keep going, then they announced uh, a workshop. 
And what 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 time are we talking about now? What so year, now just, roughly? Yeah, so that roughly. was. I think we we all met in January of twenty two. Yeah. So I have some dates wrong. It was November of twenty one. Then it was January of twenty two. I think when we all met. Fast forward, uh, goes kind of quiet again. And then the workshop was announced and we just had the workshop just a few months ago. Um, and a workshop, um, is this newer thing the FTC does where they decide, Hey, there's enough public interest. We're going to have a public workshop. It's, it's recorded. You can go watch any of these if you're ever interested. And they invite basically, um, uh, experts in in the field from different areas that would have a, a voice to attend the workshop. It's a very formal uh, format of question and answer. Uh, normally there's five, six, seven, sometimes 10 people on a panel for a topic. And then you basically, they kind of ask questions and it allows the, in, in our case, it allowed consumer advocates, uh, suppliers, and funeral association and experts to address. And at that point, they actually limited down the now went from 17 to five topics. And and that's where we are. We're we're I think now we're at five main categories that they're worried about. Okay. And so uh Paul, that was like the seven hour yeah. shopping for funeral services FTC workshop in DC that you guys had. They did a good job with it too. If you yeah. the logo of it, it was pretty. It had little flowers and all sorts of stuff on it. You know, shopping for funerals and then little flowers all over the banner. Yeah. So you were actually called to be a panelist on the uh, online disclosures panel, right? Along with SCI and FDA, um, selected independent, right? Um, yep. Can you maybe talk about what you guys discussed in that the online disclosures part? Yeah. I mean, so this. And let's be clear of the five topics that they were up there. This everybody agrees. This is the main one. This is it. The idea is, should we post prices online? It's that age old question. And, um, you know, uh, where whatever your thoughts are and whatever the rationale is, the FTC and consumer groups are pretty adamant that the time is now pricing should be online. And that's really what the the whole debate was. And it's a tough argument. I'll be the first to admit, um, you know, I, as a business owner, and actually as somebody who spo- uh, speaks all over the country, for years, I have said all funeral providers should put pricing online. Now, my stance, though, and w- it will never change, is while I think every business should put pricing online, what I don't agree with is I don't think that the government should force you to do it. I think that is a business decision. And that's where the rub is, you know, the government says, no, we're going to make you do it. And I just don't like that. I think if you're business, you're kind of crazy at this point, not to, we live in an Amazon world, but we're already, I'm already kind of reading between the lines and seeing where, because the government's going to force this, where it can get really tricky, really quick. Okay, could you maybe talk to what some of the arguments for and against that were in that panel? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the argument against is really the idea that businesses just shouldn't be mandated to do it. Um, The other argument is, is that it just doesn't fit every demographic. In other words, a funeral home in rural 
Montana, you know, where yeah. there's one funeral home, they shouldn't have to post all their prices online when they know everybody in town, you know, can, and that's, you know, can be harder for them or difficult versus, you know, somebody maybe in a more populated area. Um, so that those are some of the arguments. It, it really is just this, um, it, the idea of also that this will ultimately make or at least give the appearance that funerals are commodities. And and the problem is, is buying a funeral is not like buying a car. Buying a funeral is not like picking a hotel room. You know, there are a lot of things. And one of the things that uh, was shared is that this is just going to probably cause more confusion. You know, I, I'm, I'm a funeral director. I, I've sat with families and I've handed over GPL. And then yeah. the family will say, oh, this isn't that bad. We'll just do this funeral, five hundred dollars. As well, yeah, you, you just can't pick a funeral. You, you, we got other things that you have to you, that are you need for that, like embalming. Oh well, we don't want embalming, which is another debated thing. Said okay, well you don't have to have embalming, but then we have to you know dress and casket the body. Oh well, we really don't want a casket. Well, you need a casket if we're going to do a bear. Mm, yeah. They just you start putting all these pieces together, and it's a hard. As simple as the general price list is, it's still confusing if you've never, if you don't understand what a funeral is, and that's yeah. that's that's a lot of the rub. I don't I don't think I don't think nine out of ten consumers could accurately price out any service that they want from a GPL without any help. Oh, I I agree. I I see yeah. funeral providers and even some <laughs> of the packages I've seen where I have to like. Yeah scratch my head and say, okay, I think I see how you got here. Yeah. What is this? Yeah. 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 Um, and then, I mean, the, the argument to price online, I mean, they're good arguments. One, we live in a society where everything's available online. It's, you know, Amazon world, it should be there. And in the other one, and, and this is the one that always gets us is that at the time of a death, a family shouldn't have to go physically to a funeral home to find out how much mm -hmm. it's going to cost and then say, well, wait, that's too much. I'm going to go somewhere else. And then basically shop funeral homes like that. Um, and it, I get it. I get the argument. Um, the truth is though, is that we're almost there anyway, more and more providers are online. It's happening naturally, but that's not going to get this there. Yeah. Yeah, so this seems like it's a long time coming. I mean, we've been talking about it for three oh. years for these changes now. It's been kicked um, down the road for a long time. Yeah, and let's say that this online transparency amendment, I know we don't know what the final verdict or change is going to be, but I'm, I'm sure you kind of have an idea of what changes could be coming and you know what impacts that will actually have to funeral homes. Yep. Could you maybe think where you think they're going to land on, on this topic? Um, I can give you two two extremes. Um, the easiest extreme, if the, and you know, it's within the FTC's bailiwick, is that you will have to post all your prices online. Um, I, I could see them, it was discussed there. This other one of the other panels was the procedural side. How do you do it? And I could see that there'll be some sort of click rule like, you yeah. have to be able to get to the prices within two clicks or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would be the extreme. If you have a funeral home, let me, if you are a funeral provider, which is more than just all the funeral homes out there, if you are a funeral provider 
and you have an online presence, you have to put your pricing online. That would be one extreme. Um, in some ways, it's the easiest option for the FTC. What we're pushing for um, is more of a, a, a scale, more of a graduation level. Mm-hmm. And it would start off that if, if you provide services and products online, so if I can click and buy or shop, you have to put your pricing online. That's kind of the easy, hey, you're 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 allowing consumers to shop, you have to give them prices. The extreme other side of where it would be is if you don't do that and you're kind of one of these, hey, we just want you to know where we're located, here's all the obits and service times, then a minimum you would have to do some sort of maybe a price range or share what your services are. Like we have funerals ranging from, you know, Nine ninety five to nineteen thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Some yeah. whatever, but simple range. So families are like, I think I can afford here, or no way. And then the middle ground, and this is where we were are hoping, is a choice. Let's be clear: the FTC can tell us to do whatever, and we have to do it. But what we're trying to get them to do is to realize: hey, if you give an option, you might get a better buy-in and better compliance. And the idea is, is in the middle ground, if I don't have to put my prices online, but I have to at least put a range up. If I, as a provider, choose to put my pricing online, even though I'm kind of in the middle, that will give me kind of a safe provision. Meaning right now, for example, if the FTC shops you and your price list is messed up, um, not handing it out, but just physically it's wrong. You have things the FTC actually will normally give you 30 days to correct it. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of a safe harbor. It's a, a little yeah. like, and I said, extend that so that if I have my prices online and then maybe I don't give them out in time during an arrangement, you know, I didn't, it's not that I failed to, but maybe you'll give me a, a, you'll let me know, hey, you didn't do it, but because your prices are online, we're going to give you another shot. It's kind of a safe harbor. And, um, We've we've talked about that with them for years, and they are finally, we believe, listening, and that might be an option. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, because again, at least it gives you a choice. Then, if you don't want to put all your pricing online, you don't have to. But if you do, there's a little carrot and a little kind of a benefit to you if you do. Do you think the FTC understands that the funeral rule that we have in place and the GPL as it stands might not be as valuable as they have proposed it to be to the consumers because you you mentioned you know if you're selling things online and obviously we have a lot of customers who do do that with our software right um what what actually what does it actually mean to put your prices online because i mean like you said and like i think a lot of us can agree the gpl is a a very rudimentary way of presenting a price list. So, I mean, even yeah. if I give that to somebody in front of a like an online arrangement or something, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to help them. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think some people in the chat have yeah. have mentioned and are alluding to that. GPLs can use the same language, but what's included in that service may be different when comparing funeral home to funeral home so it's not easy to compare apples to apples and i is there is there any discussion of like 
funeral home terms and and actually solidifying like what is like considered included with like (laughs) basic services of funeral staff and overhead like i mean yeah it's 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 difficult in compare it's difficult to read gpls but then when you're actually comparing between providers what each of those funeral homes actually includes in those products or services can be different as well is there any way or any thoughts on shoring up those differences is there any way to do that i mean so let's be clear if if we're really going to do this the right way this would be a scrap it and start yeah. over but i don't think right. anybody wants to do that um, i see so we're, i see we're kind of stuck with what we've got but yeah. to your point um and you're right and the problem is, is the FTC and everybody views the GPL as simple and clean and it, and we, we need to stick with it and use it. And I think we understand that there's more to it. It's complicated. And it's one of those things when you first look at it, I think, oh, yeah, this is easy. But then when you really start figuring it out, I think it gets confusing quickly. Um, I don't know that they really um, are worried about that. You know, we tried we and many associations, many experts, you know, shared the data. I mean, there are. SCI, um, they have data from, you know, their largest provider, and they do have an independent study that um, they have done through, and I'm going to forget the name of the big study group, but it'll come to me, but, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, and they show over and over and over again that families are not selecting off of price. That's not the main concern. It's location, previous experience, um, Mm -hmm. you know, convene, all of these things, religious Mm -hmm. Um, but that it just doesn't, they, they're not worried about that. If, if anything, and I give credit to the FTC and I've told them this, they are great at turning an argument and showing why it's helpful. Because when you say price doesn't matter, then their comment is, well, then great. Then it doesn't matter if you put the prices up. Like <laughs> if they're not going to look at it and are going to use it, then yeah. just put them up there. And it's like, yeah, that's good. You're yeah. good. I like yeah. what you did there. Yeah. Um, and then, Will, back to your thing. So the basic service fee in particular, we actually, that was the third panel. And that was a very interesting one as well, um, because, you know, the question, you know, one of the problems is, you know, of course, when the funeral rules written since 1984, you know, funerals are very different now than they are now. Cremation wasn't even really thought of. Yeah. And basic service fee was this kind of protection uh, that one that was put in and but both groups, consumers, everybody liked it because it was this kind of thing. And it was really meant to protect against gouging on, you know, merchandise and things like that. Well, now merchandise, you can go get it anywhere, right? You can get a casket, you can get urn, especially. Geez, you can get them anywhere. So the problem is, is that this basic service fee has now created a a barrier of entry. The, The great example is this. There are certain things like direct cremation that you can discount as a provider, right? So I'm going to make up numbers. My basic service fee is $2,500, but Mm. I'm allowed to do a direct cremation package and I can charge $1,000. Well, that's well and good. The problem is, is the direct cremation is very specific. I can Mm. only do a cremation, no visitation, no viewing, no memorial service, nothing. Mm. So what happens is, is we create this artificial barrier to the family. So family comes in and says, well, I'm not, I'm not sure what we want. And then we say, well, man, th- we'll do that $1,000 direct cremation. They're like, oh, you know, it'd be great, though. 
we really want to make this special. And of course, the funeral home does. They say, let's have a visitation right before and then we'll cremate. And then the idea is the family's looking at the price list, this thing that's easy to read. And they say a, a visitation is $500. And they said, so we'll add that on top. So it's $1,500. But the way the rules are written right now, we'd say, well, we can't do that because that's not a direct cremation. Now we have to take and go to our basic service fee starting mm-hmm. at $2,500. Yep. Yep. Add the $500, add a yep. removal, add a transfer, add the cremation, yep. add all this. Next thing you know, we went from a direct cremation at $1,000 to a cremation with a visitation that's at $4,000. Right. right. But on paper, it only looks like it's $500 difference. You can't explain that to a family. No. So You, you sound bad. You, you, you sound bad. You sound bad. Yeah, you sound bad when you do that. Yeah, you do. You sound horrible. It's not fair. So what we've proposed is that the um, basic service fee should be able to be adjustable. And so long as you explain, in other words, instead of it saying the only package you can discount is cremation or immediate burial or whatever, as a provider, you should be able to say, actually, we have a cremation with a visitation. And that is not our full basic service fee either because, and here's why. And what we're pushing the FTC to allow is that the basic service fee should be a cap. In other words, you can charge no more than this, than 2,500. But as long as you disclose it, you can have lower amounts in different packages depending on what you need or want. And uh, one thing I push FTC is don't try to say, well, let's just come up with some new ones. No. Because we can't predict the future and every market's different. There's going to be some markets that say, well, we have a special cremation that we want to do. And then another market might not have that. And I have markets that are like, hey, we want to discount uh, our basic service fee on weekdays because everybody wants them on weekends. And, you know, we want to be able to discount it for somebody who's like, hey, if you want to do it all day Wednesday, because we have more staff, it's easier, cemeteries, all that, we'll do that let the businesses decide but that's to your point right now the basic service fee you know everybody it says basic service fee and it's one number it just doesn't make sense anymore because it's different wherever you go yeah okay um another thing that i i wonder how if they took into consideration is you know as more and more people go online to look for stuff and you know Google lists a lot of their business information. People might not even make it to the websites anymore. Um, you know, so posting the prices online may not even matter because the consumers may not see it. Um, are they taking into account that, that there's many other avenues to find funeral providers now? Well, I mean, we shared it again. The FTC says, well, that's great. Then go back to the same argument. Then it doesn't matter if you put your prices online because they can get them somewhere else. So um, we haven't gotten far with that. I agree with you. Actually, I think it also leads to potential downsize or downfall of of all of this uh, unintended consequences. Be very clear, the FTC is doing this for two reasons. One, they want to try to give consumers more opportunities um, so that they can see what's available. And second, they also want to lower the price. I mean, that's the FTC's other concern. They want to drive price down so it's better for the consumer. 
And I said, there's a flaw in their, in their theory though. And uh, Tyler, especially like yours with search engine optimization and your thoughts on this, here's my belief. One of the recurring questions is, is how much will this cost for a provider? And in, in truth, we can say it's going to be a hassle and putting prices of, but really it's not that much, right? I mean, not that big of a deal. It, it isn't. And we're, but I said, we're asking the wrong question. It's not how little does it cost to do it? The better question is, is how much can you spend doing this so that you become the dominant face on the internet, which yeah. we're not doing now. Right now, yeah. you know, we're fighting over cremation, but say a big provider, and I'm not saying a corporate, I'm saying just a big smart provider. They spend tons of money so that they're the first three pages for yeah. funerals and burials and visitation and all this. Yep. All of a sudden, all of these little local providers that are now putting their pricing online, but all they do is upload their page. To your point, Tyler, they're gone. You don't yeah. even see them anymore. Right. And I think smaller operators are going to be harmed by this. And the idea is that the... I don't know why they think that the lowest price are going to dominate the first three pages. I think the first three pages, you could see the top providers in an area that are the most expensive and that consumers actually won't be able to find lower cost alternatives. Now that's my argument. They don't like it, Tyler. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a weird <laughs> argument. I think in general, I mean, uh, in a profession now that we're seeing huge turnover, I know, a lot of funeral homes are having trouble hiring. Um, you know, revenues are dropping, and the FTC wants to say that it's better if it's cheaper. I mean, I think in a services industry, that's not true because when you're <laughs> providing a service, right? Like a lot of that is going directly to the worker. Yeah. The overhead. And so to say that, okay, by making it cheaper, we're making it better for everyone, I think that's a really backwards way to look at it. Well, I don't think one-sided way to look at it. I think. Well, I don't think, well, I mean, if you, I, I'd have to dig into this, but if that's their goal, then, then they, they see the silver tsunami coming and they also see demographics where, I mean, I don't know if you've heard this, but I've heard that, you know, 50% of Americans can't afford a $500 emergency. And this, yeah. this falls into that category. You know, and and a direct cremation averaging, you know, twenty two two thousand dollars nationally, can they? I saw it at Omega. It it can put people in a hole financially, and and ruin someone financially. Um, and I w I wonder if they see the trajectory of the economy like in that direction, and it only becoming harder. So maybe through regulation, forcing those prices down and keeping them down may keep these services affordable for folks. And it's a good point. And I, I, I recognize it. And um, I, here there's two things. And again, I don't think they're, they're seeing it. One, if this was truly the, the, the thought process, really we all did a bad job because of all the things that are being shared right now, it is, it's impossible not to see, cremation pricing and low cost mm -hmm. alternatives right now in other words yeah. 
if if they really were that that's what they should have focused on because those prices are out there and that is a hundred percent available. I don't know any market where you can't type cremation or low cost and find yep. a funeral or whatever. So this is really trying to pull those down. But the other interesting thing that I now I don't know why people don't either talk about it or bring it up, especially the FTC. You know, this was the same goal. So they, they there's three goals. One of them is, you know, transparency, but one is always the lower, you know, entry level for consumers and pricing. And when the funeral rule came out in 84, pri- average funeral price did not go down. It went up. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is probably going to happen because what's going to happen is most providers are going to go and say, hey, we need to reevaluate. Let's put this out there. And I think you're going to see a, a subtle increase across the board in pricing. I I think I think I'd agree. I think the last ten years we've seen that race to the bottom in direct cremation pricing, and what I see happening now is those companies saying, "You know what? Um, we're going to raise from seven fifty to nine ninety five, and we'll probably take a little bit less cases, but you know our team will be happy, and we'll probably make about the same amount of money." Yeah, I um. You know, if you go back five years, I w- was I was helping um, companies put up online cremation programs, and it was always very low cost. In the in the last two years, I have had more people actually pulling their programs, basically saying, "I'm done. I don't want to compete in that market anymore." Um, I mean, it's still out there, but I think um, I think the race to the bottom. We're starting to see it. Yeah. You know, kind of it's the uh uh you know the copier uh you know the kinkos you know back when there was a copy store on every every block and you know it was like hey copies for a quarter no a dime no a nickel uh we do them for a penny and next thing you know boom they're all gone you have two big providers that made it out of all that and all those mom and pop copy shops copy not coffee copy shops they're they disappeared yeah yeah I think we'll we'll start seeing that. I think I we're gonna too. that we're gonna see those prices ratchet up just a little bit, you know. Every yeah. because I think and I think a lot of that's the inflation narrative too. I remember for us we increased our prices a bit, and you know if anyone asked us about it, it's you know costs have gone up, and yeah. really nobody says anything to that in 2023 because the past 24 months has been inflation, inflation, inflation. It's a great point. And as much as we had a perfect storm, I'll say around 2020 to get this ratcheted up for online and all that, I think we have a perfect storm now for all of this to to change inflation, consumer buying practices, um, you know, all of it. uh, You know, we're seeing a dip again uh, in, you know, businesses. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot happening where ultimately, look, I you know, I'm an optimist. If you don't know that about me, I know I seem like a very, but uh, you know me, I'm very happy. I do think there's a very positive in this. And I think, um, I think a lot of providers, if they do it right, they'll, this will not harm them. I think they will, you can succeed through this, but you have to be proactive and you've got to be, I don't want to say aggressive, but you have to go after this the right way. But I think this could force a lot of, you know, those low cost, uh, you know, I always joke, I said, people, again, this is my crazy head, cremation continues to go up, up, and up, and up. Yeah. And everybody says, why, 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 why? 
And what I say is, I said, as much as consumers are coming more comfortable and all that, here's the other thing. It's the only thing we advertise right now. In other words, if my mom dies and I type funeral, the first three pages are all cremation. Mm -hmm. Like there is nobody out there advertising mm -hmm. a $15,000 funeral or a 10,000 or a 5,000. Yep. And what's going to happen with this as it goes through is we will be forced to do it and we'll see it. And I think you could see a, an upswing in kind of funerals again, because consumers for the first time will be seeing advertising for it. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. You know, uh, one of the things that I know we talked about, Paul, is that the, I know the funeral rules being, you know, uh, considered right now for all the amendments, yep. but there were a few other things that are commonly used in death care that I know you mentioned, um, specifically non-competes as well as junk yep. fees. Um, could you maybe give us an idea of how that might affect well, what the proposed changes are and what, how that might affect death care yeah. as, as, as they use it now? Well, I'll do junk fees first only because when they talked uh, about a couple of years ago, um, they actually talked about junk fees while they talked about the funeral rule. Now, the funeral was not junk fees, but there are some similarities. And matter of fact, in the new junk fee rule that's being proposed, they actually used the, the funeral rule as an example. So the junk fee rule, just so we're, we're clear, you know, look, right now we live in a world where, you know, nobody um, – Nobody likes, uh, you know, the hidden fees on a utility bill. You know, when yeah. you go to the hotel and it's, you know, two ninety nine a night, and you're like, oh man, that's expensive. And then you get the bill and it's like, wait, what's this thirty nine dollar resort fee? And what is, you know, mm -hmm. any of those last minute fees, concert tickets, you know, forty nine dollars for a ticket, and then you hit click buy, and then in the cart, it's like, oh, twelve dollar processing fee. Those are all junk fees and they're undisclosed fees at the time. The reason the funeral rule comes up with these is because the funeral rule basically got rid of those. The funeral rule makes us disclose every price out there. Mm -hmm. So they use us as an example. Now, how would the junk fee affect us? It won't affect funeral providers, but where it could be uh, in place. And this is kind of interesting. Um, the, <laughs> The new junk fee rule applies to any business that sells services or merchandise, period. So I think that's every business in America. I, I have to do a little research, but I think right, anybody right. sells a service or a merchandise or both. Well, that means we could see cemeteries uh, be under that. Now, where would a cemetery hit? Not all of them, but sometimes a cemetery, they have like a... Um, you know, you can buy a marker for a thousand bucks and then there is a, um, uh, a, 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 an inspection fee or some. So any fee that is not clearly disclosed at the time of the purchase is a junk fee. It's that broad. Um, now, this is still being uh, debated. Uh, the junk fee is open right now for comments. So it's a wait and see. This could be another year, two years before anything happens. But it, it's it it's out there, and I should say this: the is the funeral rule has support from Democrats and Republicans. So we've heard from commissioners on both sides; they all want it changed. The junk fee rule is similar. This has support on both sides 
of the fence, which makes it harder to say not to do it. I see. Okay. Um, and then so another one that I, I know is used quite often, especially in death care, uh, maybe not in California where where me and Will are, but uh, non-compete. <laughs> yeah, you guys, uh, you've already you've already had this taken care of. So yeah, non-competes. Again, another big push from the FTC. They want a non-compete rule. Basically, that would say, and this is huge too, they want all non-competes to be void. And not just like going forward, retroactively. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, a huge deal. Um, now, to be fair, there is a carve out right now uh, that says that um, if you are an owner selling a business and you have 25% or more ownership, that that owner could be under a non-compete. Now, the problem with this carve out is we, we for death care, we don't believe it's broad enough um, because the problem is, is it's very common for, you know, say I own a funeral home um, and it's all in my name. I'm, I'm, I'm whatever, dad. Well, I have three children. Well, under the way this is written, none of my kids would be able to be put on a non-compete because they don't yeah. own 25% or more. The problem is, is they all have my name and they could easily go out and start another one. And, and that's scary for a buyer. Like if I'm running a funeral home and my, my son or daughter could basically not be under non-compete and just go open one next door right after you give me a check for, you know, $5 million, you know, and, oh, I won't compete, but I'm going to give my kids a million bucks and they're going to go open another one with the same name. That's a problem. And the, the fear is this will drive the price down of businesses. Um, the other thing that we want to see caught up in this uh, it, are like key employees or managers, because a lot of times those are the people that are really running the business in the community. And if you can't put them under non-compete, then they're going to go. So non-competes are a tough subject. Um, I, I get it. There are some really bad ones. And that's the problem is when you listen to the FTC and you hear the stories. I mean, they've got stories from fast food restaurants that literally, this is a practice going on now. Fast food restaurants cannot get steady employment. So what they do is they put these kids on a non-compete. Well, they're horrible non-competes and they could probably bust them. But what 18-year-old is going to spend money to fight a non-compete to work at another fast food place? Right. They're just like, screw it. So it forces people to stay longer. There's, there's some bad stories out there, but... That one, um, they received so many comments on the non-compete rule, compete rules on both sides, that this has been tabled until probably they're saying April of twenty-four before they say anything else. Got it. So, would you say that um, if a funeral home is normally putting those into their contracts with employees, do you think that they should reconsider on how to act without them? Yeah. So what I've been telling people, again, not just now, but for years is, you know, if you're using a non-compete, continue to use it until you can't. But um, really what you have to get, start getting used to are non-solicitation agreements, confidentiality agreements, non-disclosure agreements. All of those are still enforceable, even under the non-compete rule. They're just harder to enforce, but they they say they have the same teeth and bite, um, but they're just a little tougher to enforce. Okay. 
That makes sense. Um, so in your opinion, I know you've gone back and forth. This is a long time coming. <laughs> you, <laughs> do you think that these amendments will ultimately help the consumer? Uh, no, I mean, not really. I, 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 I don't, not, not how they want them to. I think it's just going to yeah. create new questions. You know, okay. I, I don't think that this is going to give the consumer you know, like this ability to be able to go, oh, now I have everything I need. I think it'll create new questions. Mm -hmm. If you had to, if you had to guess some of those questions that you think will arise commonly, what do you think they'll be? So I, I think now you're going to have families that are going to be calling, asking things like, what is the basic service fee, you know, mm -hmm. and you're going to have to defend your prices now more than probably you've done in the past. I I think, you know, it, it'll, it's kind of like, you know, when you buy a, a vehicle, right? Like all these, what, what is this for? What's, what does this price mean? What is, you know, I think we as providers are going to have to become much more educated and more confident in what we provide yeah. um, so that we can answer these questions easily. But I yeah. think just in general, pricing uh, questions will become more of a commonality from consumers. And where, where do you think uh, this puts us in five years as a consumer? And then um, maybe talk about who the winners and losers will be from the business side. What, what businesses will be winners and losers in five years? Yeah. So I think the winner, so I think in five years, you will, it, we will become a, an online, I think the market will shift. Okay. I think, I think people will be shopping for funerals more online. They, they may not finalize the, the deal, but just like cars, you know, I, you know, look 10 years ago, if you would have told me I could shop for a car almost entirely online, I would have said you're crazy. Right. And, and now I don't, I mean, I've, I got two kids that are six over 16. I, I mean, the first place I go and look, I go online. And if I go to a site where I can't really get a good view and cost analysis and breakdown, I don't even go to them. I skip it. So I think, I think in five years, the death care market will become more online and people will be, will be shopping there. They'll be looking and, and learning the big winners I think are the people that are going to be able to somehow capture and show value for their price. Because now uh, to me, that'll be the biggest, hardest thing because you're going to have to show value. You guys both said it on paper. Now everything's going to look the same. Your basic service fee is $2,000. This one over here says basic service fee is a hundred bucks. Why am I paying you 2000? And you're going to have to physically be able to show on a website why you are worth what you're worth because you may never get to talk to the family ever. And you and you have to be careful about where you put your value. You know, if you believe that your value is wearing a full tuxedo and a top hat, <laughs> like do people care? Yeah. <laughs> and is that really where you, is that the hill you want to die on in terms of value or perceived value? So yeah. I, I I think I, you're completely right. You're completely yeah, right. I, I think funeral providers have lived in a world of all things to all people. And, and we've been able to do that because 
families came to us and we could kind of adjust and, you know, oh, I see what this family is now. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think you're going to be able to do that. You know, it's kind of like uh, for me, a law firm, you know, law firms over the years have geared into specialty areas. And yeah. it's hard to be a law firm that is like, hey, we do it all. Yeah. Um, because you can't portray all on a website. So you have to really say, here's what we do best. And you're going to have to really get comfortable and be proud of what you do best. And hopefully that's the family you get and you serve. Yeah. But one of the biggest benefits funeral homes have enjoyed is that families had to call them at yeah. some point. This could change that. They don't mm-hmm. have to call you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You re- you really need to put your best foot forward without getting the opportunity without requiring the opportunity to speak oh, to someone. Yeah. yeah. And when, and when you get that phone call, man, you better be ready to. Yeah. We harp on that it. all the time here. Yeah. We harp on that all the time. Phone etiquette. Oh. Like that is, it has to be on point every single time. It'll never be more important after this rule changes because mm-hmm. now uh, you have to understand that they will have access to all information in their eyes. Mm-hmm. They won't mm-hmm. understand it, but they'll have it. Dangerous. Yeah, I think you. I think you're right. I think we're going to see the paradigm shift online, and I can definitely see firms becoming specialty providers and being able to speak to what they do well and not doing anything that they can't do well. Yeah, in their mind. Yeah, I we have a we had a question in the chat here. What would you suggest? Um, I think this is for basic or for GPLs. What would you suggest for e-commerce brands that only handle direct cremation services regarding posting the GPL? See, he, he talked. They talk about embalming and such services. You, you know, you won't need to put those on that GPL. So that's one of. So we didn't get to it, but that was. So that was the fourth uh, panel, and it was <laughs> about all these disclosures that are out there. And one of the things. And we, again, all the associations, we all agreed with this, is that, you know, it's crazy, uh, all of the disclosures, when some of them we don't need. Embalming is a great one. Mm-hmm. Right now, the way it's written, you still have to say embalming may be available, even though we don't provide it. And it, right. and it just doesn't make sense. I have I have uh, places that don't sell vaults or, 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 you know, at all, because it's all cremation and do no, no burials. But yet they have to say immediate burial. We don't provide this, you know, vaults, yeah, yeah. we don't sell them. And they yeah. have to put the disclosure. So we're we are hoping to clean that up. That if you you only have to use the disclosures that you actually would relate to you. Yeah. Now I, keep I, in I, mind the consumer groups, they have a list of about 10 more disclosures that they would like to see added, which is crazy. But yeah, so we'll 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 see how the disclosures shake out. All right. Um, Paul, thank you very much. I know we have a a couple more minutes. I I just kind of wanted to, so changes are coming. Um, it's, it's pretty undeniable that that they are going to come. There's, there's going to be probably a pretty big impact on death care as it stands today regarding these. What is the timeline on, on these? Like when, when can we expect these changes to happen or the amendments to be put in place? and, And when will we actually have to make changes to, how we operate yeah best guess right now um i mean there are a lot of comments filed uh it sounds like first quarter of next year 
um, that they may be ready to come out with what would be a proposed rule. So right now, all we've done is talked about it, talked about it, talked about it, ideas. In the first quarter, we could expect to see the actual new rule. And then they would post it. Um, we'd have 30, probably 60 days to comment one more time. Um, and then after that, it would go into effect at some time frame. Most likely, if that all worked out, we could see it in effect by the end of next year. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah. So maybe by the end of 2024, like they, it could be like, give us six months and maybe on January 1st, 2025, you know, all everything would be in effect. Right. So, so what you're what you're saying is 2025 will usher in a new era. It could, yeah. You know, I'm, 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 it's a lot of predicting and all that, and sure. you know, you know, who knows? We have an election coming up. We yeah. have, you know, the FTC is being challenged on a lot of things. I mean, there's there's a lot of things at play. Yeah. Um, but again, it just doesn't. It, most people agree this is of all the things the FTC is kind of fighting and they've got a long list of 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 items this is kind of an easy one mm-hmm. like this is like hey we can make a lot of people a lot of consumer groups a lot of people happy and this is it's, it doesn't cost them much to put through so i think this is one that will ultimately happen gotcha all right well um we're just at about an hour so um we're going to go ahead and end it here um, but I really want to thank you, Paul, for, for joining us today. I think it's been very informative. Um, and I think we all have things that we need to think about and how we're going to be operating probably in about a year. I think the writing's yeah. on the wall, so it's probably yeah. be unavoidable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, thank you very much. Um, thanks for having me. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Um, for the Direct Commission Podcast, I'm Tyler Yamasaki with my co-host, Will Michaelis. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>